0: This is Podman Rush with DJ Bean, covering everything Boston Bruins and the NHL. Podman Rush on WEEI.com. Welcome to an emergency edition of Podman Rush here on WEEI.com. I am DJ Bean. This is the first Podman Rush of the season, and it took something bad happening to get me back behind the microphone here, and that would be a season-ending ACL-MCL tear, to defenseman Dennis Seidenberg. Joining me for this, uh for this emergency edition of Podman Rush is a guy who you guys got to know last year in Podman Rush. That would be Joe McDonald of ESPN Boston. Joey Mac, what's going on? DJ, what's up, brother? Not much aside from uh, us both being a lot busier today on a Saturday afternoon. I had to leave a nice little family event thing and uh and run home and start writing about Dennis Seidenberg. <laughs> yeah,
1: unfortunately I had the same situation and Supposed to have a nice Saturday off and uh, trying to get rid of this cold that I have, and and unfortunately a, a knee injury to Dennis Seidenberg, uh ruined our ruined our Saturday. But certainly for him it ruined his season and ruined the Bruins. I mean this is just a a bad a bad situation for the Bruins. I mean you're talking about you know a defenseman who the reason why they gave you know a multi-year you know 13 million dollar deal to was because him and Zdeno Char, I mean they're just two of the best shutdown defensemen in the league. Uh, and, you know, anytime they, they get into the playoffs, we usually see those guys pair together. And uh, it's just this is a, a tough break for the Bruins. And it's going to be interesting to see what Peter Shrelly does. Because as much as we've talked about and we've written about over the last, uh, you know, basically ca- half the calendar year about all the young prospects that the Bruins have in the organization and, you know, the Tory Krugs and, you know, Matt Barkowski's of the world. Um, I just don't think that the Bruins can get by and, and make another deep run into the Stanley into the Cup playoffs with uh, with what they have in place. And I think they, they probably need to go out now and look for a, another sta- a veteran stabilized defenseman uh, to bring back. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they have. In, but just, just a tough break, another one for the Bruins this year. Just a tough break for the Bruins.
0: Well, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned the uh, the postseason, and I mean, that's that's where the Bruins are really going to feel this one. They'll get through the next however many months doing some something of a duct tape job of calling up the Zach Trotmans and the the Kevin Millers of the world here and there to fill in for these guys who are getting hurt. And you mentioned it's been a, it's been a ton of guys who have been going out, especially on that back end. But once they get to the postseason, that is where they're going to feel it because I mean, we talk about the Stanley Cup round of 2011 and how Tim Thomas won the Bruins of Stanley Cup and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. And uh, the third line coming alive and Michael Ryder saving the day and Tyler Sagan coming from the, the press box and having that great game against the Lightning. At the end of the day, in my mind, the reason, if you had to point to one single reason as to why the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011, it's to Chloe Julian, put Dennis Seidenberg and Zeno Chara together to make that super pairing where he said, you know what, instead of spreading these two guys out on my uh, top four defensemen here, I'm going to put them together and instead of making it tough for the opponent's top six, I'm going to make it nearly impossible for the opponent's top line. And that shutdown pairing, me. We've seen it over the years. Seidenberg was the best defenseman, or was the Bruins' best player. You could say maybe Rich Peverly the next year when they got bounced in the first round. And last year, Dennis Seidenberg wasn't on the ice for a single goal against the the Penguins when they only gave up two goals that entire uh, that entire series against the Penguins. So, look, Dennis Seidenberg right now. When you're missing him, you'll say, "Yeah, Matt Barkowski's doing fine here. Or, Whoever is filling in is doing fine there." But it's once they get to the postseason where you're really going to feel it, and where if the Bruins are going to make a super deep run like they have in two of the past three years, they're going to have to find a different way to do it.
1: Yeah, and you can even you can even take a step back, DJ, and go back to 2010. This is when this is when the Bruins acquired Seidenberg, uh, because they knew that 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 was what Claude Julien was looking for. He was looking for that dynamic uh, on the back end with a guy like Chara. And if you added a guy like Seinberg, who you know at that time, who knew you know, what could have happened? And in 2010, late in the season, he goes down, he has that lacerated uh, forearm uh, injury that he was basically out uh, for the first round against the Sabres, and then he was out against uh, that second round against the Flyers. And uh, at that point, he had just started to, to skate and get back, and if for some reason, you know, the Bruins hadn't imploded the way that they did against the Flyers. Uh, Seinberg would have been back for the, uh, for the conference finals. And who knows what what could have happened that year? Um, so that's just another indication of, of how important uh, his presence is in the lineup, especially on the back end. And I said it, and I've written it, you know, for the last couple of years that if the Daniel is not around, uh, you know, I mean, Seidenberg kind of flies under the radar a little bit because right. of Chara and the minutes that he plays. But you take Chara, you know, out of this lineup, then Dennis Seidenberg, you know, is for all intents and purposes, is the Daniel Chara. Uh, because he can play those types of minutes and here's a guy the thing I love about sides too and you know we've covered him for uh, for a few years now and he, and he's such a good guy, he's a bright guy. Uh the thing that I, I love about his game is that he hates to get knocked off his skates. You can tell it's right. not like he gets beat you know, he gets beat on the outside or or he doesn't block a shot. No, when he gets knocked off his skates, that's what gets him going. And you don't see that very often. And as soon as he went down you know, Friday night, you know, you know, in that collision behind the net, and he grabs his right knee right away, you're like, that's not good. But he got up, you know, he skidded off on his own, he walked down the tunnel on his own, and you're like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't that bad. And then when Claude Julian said afterwards that he was not making the trip, right then you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't uh, good, but but you're right, DJ, you know, losing losing his presence, not so much in the regular season, but in the playoffs, because now teams – Teams know that, you know, when they get out there in the postseason and they have to face, you know, a, a defensive pairing of Chara and Seidenberg, then, you know, it just chalk that up to a loss every time they're on the ice uh, for that particular shift. But now teams are going to say, okay, there's a vulnerability there at the Bruins. You know, they, they lost a, a big cog to that, you know, on, on that defensive uh, side. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bruins kind of react to this. And Peter Chiarelli, I mean, I think – I think he does. I think he needs to go out and do something. I mean, is it something crazy as, you know, I'm just, you know, you know maybe trying to figure out a way to get Ferris back. I mean, you know, maybe that's, a, maybe that's an option. Who knows? Uh, but they definitely need a veteran guy because, you know, losing sides, I mean, that, uh, that doesn't bode well for a deep run in the postseason.
0: Well, you mentioned Ference, and I mean, I I don't think just financially with all the guys they have, I think that they also that Chirelli's always been a guy who's been responsible to both for both the the present and the future. Uh, I mean, th- that'd be interesting. I mean, I, I don't think either of us really could could see it happening. But since you mentioned him, Andrew Ference was also a big part of why the Bruins were even able to have that top pairing of Chara and Seidenberg in the postseason because they could trust that Ference and Boychuk. Could be dependable against teams' second lines. Not only do you not have Andrew Ference anymore to make that really good number two pairing, you no longer have Dennis Seidenberg. So as you look forward to the playoffs, and I know it's very Boston media of us to do to in the middle of the regular season, not That's even halfway through the regular season, to be talking about the playoffs. But I look at these pairings and I say, look, a lot of guys are going to have to step up. Probably number one in my mind as far as inheriting more minutes. Uh, would be Johnny Boychuk. He's going to go from playing around 20, 21 minutes a game to probably something like 24, 25 minutes a game. But in addition to that, you see how well Dougie Hamilton has played this season when he's been healthy and obviously he's injured right now. But once he comes back, I mean, for me, in my mind, if I'm the Bruins, I'm putting a lot of responsibility on Dougie Hamilton to become that guy who once it comes to the postseason – ends up being on that top pairing with Zdeno Chara, and then maybe, depending on who else you bring in, you're looking at a bartkowski boychuk pairing, which we've seen a few times this season, uh, and it's been fine with the exception of that awful game against the Red Wings where everyone was bad. But, I mean, in my mind, right now, that would have to be your top four going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, DJ, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Dougie Hamilton is a guy who I think right now maybe Julie even though he's not playing because he, you know, he's out with that injury, but... Uh, you know, whether Cole, Julian, or Peter Shirelli or Kim Neely, or maybe even you know Char has maybe grabbed him you know in, in the last 24 hours and basically have said, look, you know you got to get healthy. As we know that you know there's a chance that he's probably going to be you know skating here uh, with the team probably in the next uh, week or two. Um, so you know hopefully he's back sooner than la- sooner rather than later. Uh, obviously now with the Seidenberg situation, but the one thing with with Hamilton is that. We've seen in the past that, okay, you know, last season in the, the lockout shortened year, he comes in and he did exactly what the Bruins thought he was going to do. I mean, he played a lot of hockey last year, uh, you know, even before the, the lockout ended and the Bruins season started, you know, and then, you know, he, he experienced his growing pains like all, at that time, 19-year-old kids in the NHL do. Uh, this year he came into camp, and uh, I've been impressed with him, you know, pretty much all season. You know, he's solid on the blue line uh he makes smart plays with the puck. Uh and you don't see too many guys, you know, especially, you know, at, at this level be able to handle the puck the way that he does on the blue line when he has a you know, a defender, you know, coming at him. I mean he makes that quick move whether he's gonna go to the, you know, center of the of the zone or he goes back to the boards and he gets the puck on net or he gets into the corner into the open spaces. So the one thing about Dougie I would say is that, you know, he really has matured in a way where I think he's the type of kid that will say, Okay, now it's my opportunity because in the past he could always say, Okay, well, you know what? If I mess up then, then Char has got it. Or if I right. mess up, this guy's got it. And, you know, I'm still on you know I'm on the bottom half of of his defensive core here. But but not anymore. I mean they expect great things from this kid and they really and they've always talked about his poise and his composure and his maturity. Well now it's gonna be put to the test. And, uh, you know, just knowing or getting to know, you know, Dougie the way that, uh, that I have, that we all have over the last couple of years, is that I think he's a kid who can definitely step up and take that responsibility and fill that role uh, that's going to be voided here by Seidenberg's uh, absence. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, DJ, is that, you know, and we, we all know what Johnny Boychuk brings and, and what he has. But I think at this point, you really have to look at what Dougie Hamilton needs to bring to this team now. Uh, because they're going to lead with that type of uh, physical presence. And I would like to see him get a little more physical
0: here. You know, maybe drop the gloves? Yeah, I mean, he's he, he, he's long does. overdue to, to to drop the gloves, and he's had some opportunities. Obviously, he it seemed he kind of was somewhat interested in in, uh, in Orpic after the, the Erickson thing, but I agree with you. He's got to do that.
1: Yeah, no question. And, you know, I don't think, I mean, he, he did it in juniors. I don't think he's afraid to do it, uh, but he's never had to do it because he has all these guys on the ice that have his back, uh, but now uh, let, let's see a little more bite out of Dougie, you know, let, let's get up there and let, let's see him put a guy through the boards let's see him drop the gloves uh, let's see him get, you know, involved offensively a little bit more, and I think now that he has to, he's going to take this opportunity like he has all the other ones, now he's going to make. He need to take that next step and I think now is the time where I really think, Bruins you understand are going to see what this kid is really made of over the next few months This season, um, just because
0: of the Steinberg situation. And one more, one more point on that. I would rather just, I would just rather see Dougie there on that top pairing with with Chara, than to keep a Tori Krug up there with Chara. And we've seen. Krug play with him uh, for a few games over the last couple of weeks, but I think that as the Bruins move forward, especially once they get into the playoffs, Tory Krug is very good at what he does. But I would be a little concerned of having him or with having him on that top pairing when you're going up against guys like say Sidney Crosby or uh, or whomever else it may be. Uh, they they call up Zach Trotman in wake of this injury and they'll be able to kind of take their time with with getting him into games and and things like that without having to worry about the same issue they ran into with Kevin Miller, which was Miller was about to play his 10th game and he he looked very good for the Bruins, but they were pretty much forced to send him down because they didn't want him to play that 10th game and then become susceptible to waivers the next time they decided to send him down. If I'm the Bruins, I think that sooner rather than later, I'm getting Kevin Miller back up here and I'm giving him minutes for the time being, no?
1: Yeah, I agree, DJ. I mean, I think this is a situation where because it really was an emergency situation right. where they needed somebody. You know, you, you called Trotman, you have him waiting in the wings for uh, tonight's game or Saturday's game against the Senators, and then you see where you go from there. And, and the one thing is, by the time, you know, Tuesday's game rolls around at the Garden, you know, I, I would not be surprised if, if you see Kevin Miller back, because Claude Julian said it best, um, or I should say Peter Shirelli said it best, um, when he addressed that whole situation about, you know, getting to that 10 game mark with with Miller is that they've been impressed with his game, and the thing is they don't want to lose him. And he said that you know the next time that we see Kevin Miller here, he'll probably be here on a permanent basis. So I think that's probably going to hold true come probably the beginning of next week, where you know Miller's going to be back in the mix, and and he's going to be there for a while because obviously they're going to have some openings, and they and they really want to keep that uh, you know that that healthy competition going because it's really worked uh without all these injuries but between guys like through barkowski hamilton at the beginning of the year when everybody was healthy that was really a key to those to that defensive core where these guys were really kind of pushing each other um, and then when they needed to get in the lineup they were all ready to go so i think miller's going to kind of add to that mix a little bit um but i really like this game it's physical uh, he's not afraid to drop him if he needs to um and the one thing about him is is that uh you know he really has that physical presence that, that they the losing uh with Seidenberg. so yeah i think if uh you know Trotman gets his his look this weekend and then i think probably by the, the middle of uh, next week we're going to see Miller back we're probably going to see him there for the uh, duration
0: One name that's gotten bounced off my head a few times just by readers and Twitter followers, I'm sure you've gotten the same thing, is Mark Stewart, the former Bruin uh, who who they traded once Adam McQuaid came into the lineup and kind of stole his job in that Stanley Cup winning season. He's in the final year of his contract with the Jets. For me... I wouldn't see it happening just because the Bruins kind of have two of those guys already. They have Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller, who are very, who are almost identical players to Mark Stewart, with the exception that McQuaid and, and uh, Miller are both right shots and Stewart's a left shot. Uh, for me, I think if they do go out and get a guy, it's someone more in that Seidenberg mold, and there aren't many players out there who are in that Seidenberg mold, but I don't think if I'm the Bruins, I, I overload on stay-at-home physical defensemen right now.
1: Well, the thing with Mark Stewart and, and believe me, I, I I covered him
0: when he you know first came into the. You know him better than anyone else.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean he was, uh, and I I said it from day one. I'm like, this kid is going to be at some point in his career, he's going to wear a letter on his jersey, right? Boston Bruins, because he had that type of leadership on and off the ice. The one thing about a, a player like like Stewie was that he was always injury prone. Unfortunately, he always had to deal with some kind of injury, and that really affected his development. Uh, and then you look at what the Bruins did in 2011, and unfortunately he was not a part of that because obviously they traded, they traded him, and, and you just look at him like God. I, I wish he was a part of that because he was he was such a uh, a Boston Bruins type of
0: player. His teammates loved him.
1: Oh, uh, they loved him, and the organization loved him too. But it was just a situation where Peter Struth needed needed to make needed to make that deal, you know, and he did, and it turned out for the best for the Boston Bruins, but. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised if, if they go that route. Um, I'd love to see Mark Stewart back the lane because he's such a, a good guy and a great player, but uh, I know for a fact that he, he loves where he is right now and he's playing well, and uh, they, they, they love him. They love him there. I mean, they really do, and, and you, you can't fault him for that. Uh, but I'd be surprised if they if they go that way. But you can bet that Peter Shirely has pro- probably been working the phones and sending out emails and text messages to figure out, you know, who's available right now, because as much as the bros like their depth right now, they need to keep that depth that depth going and intact, and that's why I think they're probably going to go out now and try to acquire another deep.
0: All right, Joey Mack, thanks for joining me on such short notice here.
1: Yeah, it sounds good, DJ. I appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks to the homie uh, Lauro and Patio O'Day, for hooking us up uh, production-wise uh, last minute, and uh, I'll let Joey Mack get back to all his writing and me back to my writing. Uh, Podman Rush, we out.